DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Reminding you to join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at Supply Link, 576 West, 800 South in Bountiful. What do we really know about the Utes? Seven weeks into the season, Utah's one of four teams, along with Arkansas, Clemson, NC State, to have not played a team that currently has a winning record. They may have at the time, but not currently. Well, I think, that first off, we know that they're poorly coached. <laughs> Wouldn't we all agree on that? No, really wouldn't. <laughs> I think they're going to be challenged Saturday. I think they're going to be challenged the next three weeks. And that's good. I mean, come on. you, you got to have some legitimacy. Clemson can get away with it, but the Pac-12 can't. I do think Kyle, he, I don't know if you want to cut it up about the pedestrian and, and narrative thing, and I was joking. I do think he, I get his point when I asked him about this game being on the Pac-12 network, but you got two ranked teams, and it's not going to kick off at 1030 at night back east, but it's going to be nowhere to be found anywhere in the nope. eastern part of the country. And so he says, well, you, you can't control it, so don't worry about it. But I, I, the Pac-12 dropped the ball. They should put in a clause. If you have two ranked teams, it can't be on the Pac-12 network. They didn't think far ahead. He just blew it off because he can't really control it. And then I came back with, well, you don't think it hurts recruiting? Surely it does. It certainly doesn't help recruiting. To be playing a big game anonymously? Yeah. No, you wouldn't think so. Right. Right. And but, this is an opportunity to sell the conference. And it's as an far as the Pac-12 goes nationally, the narrative is it's a pedestrian. What'd you conference. say? <laughs> what a. And, and, <laughs> so you got what two a, ranked teams playing on the Pac-12 network, which doesn't have a whole lot of exposure from a conference perspective. Does it bother you? Does it bother me that we don't have a lot of exposure? From a I, conference perspective, because you got two national, nationally ranked teams, I I and you're not control being, the controllables. I have no control over things like that, so no, it does not bother me. But you may need that down the line for uh, we need to win games. If we win games, then things usually take care of themselves, and that's that's our whole objective and focus. We can't worry about the peripheral and the things that uh, you know kickoff times and exposure and that type of thing. That's that's wasted energy. So it didn't bother you as far as recruiting either. No, we just you just play the hand you're dealt, and you and you go. If I can control it and fix it and get it set up exactly how we wanted, then I'd pay a lot of attention to it. But we have no no control over it. So go ahead. smart, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one in every crowd, huh, PK? DJ? Yeah. So that tells you he knows it's jacked up, but he can't do anything about well, it. I think they the, can do stuff. The about limit. It. I think the limit he's going to have Not just here, him individually. Right. The limit he individually can have is he probably has some semi-regularly scheduled meeting with Mark Harlan, and, and you bring it up then. You're like, Mark, this has got to change. But that's the kind of thing that ADs and the Commerce Commissioner and the Assistant Commerce Commissioners have got to, and I get maybe the presidents, they got to figure that stuff out. Yeah, they the do. Co- the coaches have other stuff. So a coach's limit has got to be telling his AD, Really? And they're paying this commissioner $5 million to, to live in the richest area in the country, practically. And fly first class and fly charters to games. And, yeah. hey, nobody thinks the league is any good. So now we have two of the better, possibly he's, the he's, best, but two of the better He's freaking Commissioner teams. Robin Leach. <laughs> Lifestyles of the yeah. rich and famous. That's I'm going to call him Commissioner Leach from now on. He's Robin Leach. <laughs> Everyone's going to think that's a Washington State football coach. But I'm not going to put him Robin. Okay. If I go Leach, you're right. But if I go Robin, he's, he's, didn't, didn't Robin Leach, did he pass? I think he did. Yeah. So I, sus- I expect to see a new Lifestyles, Lifestyles of the by, rich by Larry and famous. Scott. 
Larry Scott. <laughs> Gilded steering wheels that he need not touch because he has yeah. a driver. Come on, Smart man. Luck. This is a this is a bad look for the con- This is my conference, man, and I care a whole heck of a lot about it. It doesn't matter it's the Sun Devils. It's still my conference. And the fact that it's the Sun Devils is even better. I get that. But you have a game that's going to start at 6 o'clock back east where 40% of the folks live, and they can't see it, and it's two ranked teams, and it's Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards has brought in more... Broughton? Yeah, I said that on purpose. He's brought in more publicity to this conference than they could buy. Because of all of his, we know his background, obviously, and the, and the fact that they're good. And Jake Scott said that they were going to be lousy, and it was the worst hire ever. Pfft, Jake Scott, I told him about that last night and came to the game. <laughs> so it just it's a bummer for the conference, man. It stinks. And you got an opportunity, and if the Utes win, they are they going to set up to be potentially. 11 and 1. And that matters. And then they're not going to get the run that they deserve for being 11 and 1. They uh, should be in the national conversation for a playoff berth if they're 11, 12, and 1. Because to me, losing to SC by a touchdown is no worse than beating North Carolina because North Carolina didn't get a two point conversion at the end. But yet Clemson's going to waltz right in, beating a bunch of garbage teams. Why? Because they got all sorts of work. We see Clemson. They're freaking on national TV every week. Not at 2 in the morning. There are only a small handful of ranked teams that are not on a widely available network. This is one of the most hidden games of the weekend. Temple and SMU are in the American, the AAC. Not a Power 5 league. They're playing on ESPN2 at 1.30 Mountain Time. Temple's 5-1, and one, SMU's 6-0. and oh. SMU's ranked, Temple is not. Why does Temple SMU have better distribution and better exposure than this game? And they'll tell you it's because of the draft order, the yeah. way it sets. I get and that. And the draft order's a terrible idea once they couldn't get the Pac-12 network on DirecTV. Mm-hmm. And they should have planned ahead that Fox wasn't going to be involved, but I assume because they've got baseball playoffs, so you're going to allow the Pac-12 to have the second pick. I actually think they should have forced upon the uh, who who has on uh, Washington uh, Oregon. That's on ABC. Yeah, well, I actually think they should have forced this game upon them. And they said, "Give us the brand names, please," because Washington Oregon had better brand names. It's ABC uh, co- at one Collectively, they do, but they don't have the ranking and they don't have Herm. They're 12 versus 25. Herm brings a ton of recognition. They just did this HBO thing, the hard knocks for colleges, and who do they choose right off the bat? They, they don't choose ASU. They choose Herm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a true story. Yeah. So I'm not pumping up the devils. It's all about Herm. That's why they're doing it. And, and, and Herm gets it, man. Around here, you can speak to Andy Ludwig twice a year. That's it during the season. Well, in the desert, offensive coordinator goes uh, Wednesday. Defensive coordinator goes Tuesday. They got, and you don't have somebody after six minutes. Last question. Last question. Last question. No, they're out there selling it. Yeah, let them sell it. Yes, <laughs> they're getting paid enough. Yeah. Let them sell. Yes, it. yes. You're not hearing from some eighteen-year-old, and this eighteen-year-old. Jaden Daniels is his name. How about this? Now, this is a line I, re- I rehearsed, and a lot of times it's just off the top of my head. He went to Cajon High School. 
Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. He went to Cajones High School. Oh, Have you seen yeah, him play? Yeah, I've seen him play. <laughs> Come on, Yak. You like it? Cajones High School. Not Cajon High School. are you hedging on this? <laughs> I'm hedging. No. Because it's on the air and you don't want to go to a meeting? Oh, because come it's not on. Funny. I already have a meeting today. I don't want to make it any worse than it already is. <laughs> come on. Cajon. No, it's not. Oh, no, Everybody right. else went to Cajon, All right. but he went to Cajones. Cajones. All right. I'll go to the meeting. That was actually good. Okay. In a 17-year-old sort of way. High school he, meeting. He is 17. He is, I know, he is 17. A, I know, but he's not the one who said it. <laughs> I didn't think it. I know. No, I can totally hear me and my high school or college buddies, you know, that's the kind of thing that would have been said in an intramural game. Not, he didn't go to, let me repeat it. No, I think we got it. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> we're good. Good, now you move on, remember? I think that was an yeah, but we this was, that. but this was that, so good. That's fine. That it, go ahead and it, do that, but then move on. You know what they say, in the mouth of one witness two or three times. What? Uh, Isn't that what it says? Okay, yeah. No, okay, got it. That's the revised edition. In the mouth of two or three times saying it with the same person. Yeah, so that's a little wordy right you there. You ever read the book of PK? Yeah. Oh, I, I, you get it on air every day. Come on. Yeah, that's the revised version. I mean, it's this is the, tra- tape. This is the translation. So there's three games in college football this weekend that match ranked teams. And the ABC's got a triple header usually. And ESPN's got four games, and ESPN2's got three or four games, and we can't find a way to get those three games on. One of the three has to be stashed on the Pac-12 It's network. a bad look for the conference, it and is. it bugs me. But, and, and, I, and it's especially a bad look for Utah, because I don't think ASU is in the position to challenge this year. Next year and year after, we'll see. Well, they're challenging now. You know, well, but you know, it's not about now. It's a, we still have half the season to go. To the halfway point, they are challenging, yes. But the rest of the season... They got to play SC. They got to play Oregon. They still have tougher games remaining. They got to play Utah. So I can argue very strongly that the three toughest games are still ahead. So half their schedule is going to be with either ranked teams or the traditional SC team. So they're most likely, when we get to a month from now, they're not going to be challenging or still challenging. How about that? Whereas the Utes are, and the Utes have a. What do we know about the Utes? We know they're a fine football team. We know Tyler Tyler Huntley deserves national recognition, and he's going to be on the Pac-12 network. And he's going to complete 13 of 19 passes probably. Who? Huh? (laughs) Kyle said, and I'd heard him talk about this before, but I couldn't remember the numbers, and he said the goal is 65%. And then I guess depending on how you're calling the game or whatever, maybe it's a little higher than that. He refers to 75 is off the charts. He doesn't throw a few left-handed to not get 65%. And here's an opportunity against Herm, who brings all sorts of publicity. What do we know about the Utes? We know they're a really good football team. And But people don't think we believe that, apparently. You were, they were saying that on Twitter or uh, Facebook, I mean. I'm sorry, I was just reading. I checked out for a second. I was reading some of the comments Facebook? that are coming in right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We've got some here. Oh, a lot of people are just, oh, you're stirring the pot. It's the Utes versus the Cougars. No, it's the Utes versus the Devils. I know. But that's how <laughs> a lot of them are taken as it comes in here. Uh, Ralphie says, we only know what we can know through the senses. Basically, Utah is overrated. Ooh, Utah is overrated. I don't think they are. If anything, I think they're underrated. So right now, th- this would be interesting. So they are 13. 13th right now this week. Mm-hmm. 
if you had end of year, the poll that comes out on uh, January, well, I don't know when the title game is, but you know, 10th or whatever, yeah. will the Utes be 13, higher or lower? And that is the essence of overrated or underrated. If they're going to be 9th on January and 11 or whatever. The problem is with that, there's two opponents we don't know who they are. I know. But still, we're rating them as one of the 13th best in the country. Oh, I think right now they absolutely are. I've got no issue saying that. Right now? But do they play Oregon? Do they play Ohio State? Do they play Wisconsin? You know, the, the, whoever. And how close do they play them? How much? Because you're yeah. implying that they would lose to them and then they would fall. Because uh, if they beat them. Well, if they beat those teams, they're going way up. So then take. Well, yeah, I know. But you ask me where. Uh, they could be top five. So would you take higher, better than 13 now? Well, I don't know who they're going to play. So just okay. guessing, I would probably say higher. But without knowing who they're going to play, we still have half the season to go. It's a true story. So it's hard to say who's going to be healthy then, too. There's a, I can guess, and it's a fun game to play. I've got no problem playing it. But it is completely almost, well, not completely, but it's to a degree, a little stabbing in the dark here. Swatting flies with my eyes closed. I don't really know because there's so much unknown. But I. But more to the point is right now, I can strongly argue that they're better than 13th. They deserve a higher ranking. They would beat Oregon or Auburn or Georgia or Florida or Notre Dame. Those are all the one-loss teams in front of them. Because they don't think it's a one-loss team you deserve to be ranked in front of the undefeated teams. Probably in front of you. not, no. I'd have to look at the undefeated schedule, but I get your point. The undefeated, yeah. oh, oh, who they've beaten along the way. Mm-hmm. And some of them are getting on rep, but LSU has earned it. <laughs> LSU just won a big game beating mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah, LSU's legit with that quarterback. Yeah. Alabama, LSU, maybe Clemson is the one who hasn't played anybody. Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Those are the undefeateds right now. now a lot of them to have see to see them line up against Penn State. This, I got, this I got year. to say, I haven't watched Penn State this year, so hard for well, me I've to. I've seen them. I mean, I'm not locked down on them, but I've seen them. You know, I know they lost their quarterback off of last year's team, and so I would like, yeah. I watched a little bit of the end of Pitt, and they were struggling in that. It's also a rivalry game with a ton of emotion. Uh-huh. Pitt, was, Pitt was right down there inside the red zone uh-huh. at the end of the game with yeah. a chance to yeah, tie. I know very well. And they probably game you're they about? could have gone for two in the win, I guess. They're down, they lost by seven. Um, but I, I was wondering why I haven't watched a lot of the games. And I got caught. I did want to watch some of Iowa this week, and I saw the scores coming in, but there was always something else on, and I didn't. Oh, there's a ton of games. I didn't get to From it. here on out, there's a but ton of But then I looked at the other games. Well, Idaho, Buffalo, Maryland, and Purdue. Now I know I wasn't watching Penn State. <laughs> I saw the scores. Like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. I think they could be right there. They, they would lose some, but they would win some against those teams. They've, they've got minimum 8 to 10 NFL guys on the roster right now. Yeah, we were counting that up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and there are probably some underclassmen that we were really not locked into yet. Oh, definitely. Just haven't seen them enough. But uh, they're getting guys drafted pretty much every year now, so I assume there'll be underclassmen who aren't on our radar. But the guys who are on our radar, you can just roll through. It's easy to get to eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then for sure, yeah. So I think they rank favorably. But they don't, they're not going to get the due – because it's the Pac-12, and then the biggest game to date is invisible. And that bothers me. Dale says, how about a little more talk about Moss and his record? I've heard one word from PK this morning on it. What is there to say? We know he's getting the record. It was inevitable. We've known since he decided to come back that he was getting the record. 
The record was just basically, was he going to put in the fourth year or not? We have praised Zach Moss out the yin-yang. What are you talking about? Some, some not, not arbitrary, but some record? That's, that's in the offseason. This is what are you doing now? What are you doing to help your team win games? Are you kidding me? I've said that Zach Moss is the quintessential football player. I said that for two years now. Who said that? Who's caught? Dale. Dale, you meet me outside because I'm furious now. Dwayne says, do you guys really hate the Utes? Why yes. would you say that? Yes, I, because of Dale. <laughs> guys like Dale. And there's him. another guy named Kyle. There's two reasons why I hate the Utes. Because we take a lot of negative blowback on Twitter who seem to think that's actually, from people who actually seem to think that's the case. Well, they're poo-poo the fact, heads. Despite the fact we've been following some of these guys since they were in high school. I'm looking at you, Morgan Scally. Morgan couldn't Oh, believe. I've hated him since he was born. Morgan, <laughs> Forget no. about high school. That's something that he said in college. <laughs> Got caught on a documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. It's a rivalry. My gosh. Who cares? No, we don't hate the Utes. Dwayne, there's no reason to hate any of the local teams. We benefit when they all win. We would prefer that they all bathe themselves in glory. Yeah, but that doesn't mean deep down I don't hate them with a passion since I was born. I've been following Utah football my whole life, and I don't like them. And that's why I guess people still think that we hate the Utes. Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Join hands with Scotty Friday from noon to three. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio discussing FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. We are joined now by Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks. It's time to talk a little Pac-12 football and Utah football. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks, Oakland Raider analyst. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We are doing well. We are gearing up for a big game here. Arizona State and Utah. A couple of 5-1 and teams. Do you feel like you really know either one of these teams, or do you feel like this game's going to be revealing? Or do you feel like you've got a pretty good handle on it? No, no, this game is definitely going to be revealing. And it's funny that you mentioned it because I was just having a discussion the other day. It was like, what do you really, you know, someone had asked me, you know, living in Phoenix, well, what do you see out of, uh, out of Herm Edwards' team? And I say, well, first of all, you know they're well coached because they've got enough NFL experience and coaching experience to, to be, you know, challenging, rival any NFL team. They're well coached and they're, and they're pretty disciplined for a fairly young team. And of course, when you talk about the quarterback play, uh, that's one that comes into view most often. Um, but but you still don't know what you have team-wise because I don't really know how much you put into the whole um, you know Michigan State game and and stuff like that. But um, there are, there are a number of things that you're looking out for this team to really step up. I think for both teams, Utah and A State, this game will be extremely revealing. Line is 13 and a half, and recognizing that Herm Edwards has played 12 conference games since he's been at Arizona State, and not one of them has he lost by more than seven. To see it at 13 and a half is really a compliment for Utah, I believe, but I also think that, or at least from my perspective, I was surprised it was that high. So was I, especially based on the history between these two teams. Um, 
you know, for the most part, uh, Arizona State has what has controlled the, the overall record, uh, especially since Utah been in the conference. So um, I was I was surprised as at all. But you know what, Utah is also playing very well. I mean, they have a tremendous amount of balance. You know how good their defense is. I think their defense, the last checked, was uh, ranked in like 45th or 47th in the country, which is really good. Um, but they're really good against the run, and more importantly, they do a number of things to sort of create a little confusion, especially for young quarterbacks. So, given that, how much do you expect Arizona State's young quarterback to struggle, and how much has he solved problems, including the Michigan State game, when it couldn't do anything the whole game, and then he marched them down the field, and they get the touchdown at the end and win the game? Yeah, well, that was the thing. They were able to put a, a drive together, and I think from when you watch Arizona State after that game, um, you know, they had the hiccup against Colorado, obviously, but the things that they were able to put together, especially against Wazoo, to keep up with that offense and defense do enough to, to be able to win the game, you see that they're slowly coming together. That's why this game for both teams is going to be revealing, because I really, if, if Utah is able to come out and dominate, another 5-1 and one team, regardless of what we think or what we don't know about A-State, if they're able to dominate that game, it's, they're, they're going to show a little favor in the polls, and people are going to respect them a little bit more, which is good for the conference. Um, but more importantly, it's going to be a great statement for U- Utah football because we've seen in the past around this time they sort of fall apart and not able to complete the, the, the journey. Um, uh, this is a very competitive conference. People have been knocking off each other one, one by one across the board. If Utah is able to remain the course, that be very good for the conference not only for the school as well yeah will i agree totally lincoln because you look at these next three games they got the devils then next week they're home to cal then mm-hmm. they go to seattle then it gets real soft with the other three teams left in the south to close out the season so you can easily see that's a big if in the next three weeks that they go three and oh but then it's a smaller if if they go three and oh to see them actually then finish the rest of the season six and oh which puts them at 11 and one so these right. three games that we have coming up these next successive weeks will really show what these guys are Totally agree. Totally agree. And and it's a, it's a great course because you look at what Utah is able to accomplish already, and I think they got a tremendous amount of momentum following them. I mean, Oregon State was Oregon State, but the Wazoo win was was really big, especially on the heels of the SC loss. So I'm I'm looking forward to these next couple of weeks. But this is a big statement game. If they're able to take care of business against a rival who's kind of had their number over the last couple of years, then I think this would be really good for them. So this is kind of an awkward question for you because you're on the Pac-12 networks, but the Pac-12 networks just isn't that widely seen, and the conference has got two ranked teams going against each other. There's only three games this week that match ranked teams. You were talking about the youth getting more respect if they win it, but isn't the fact that this isn't available across the country going to be a problem for them? Well, I think it was. I mean, I think I was. I had the bye this week because the Raiders had played London the week before, and I think the only – Pac-12, I mean, only Pac-12 opponent I saw on TV um, was um, SC and Notre Dame on my TV screen, and I've got, I've got, um, I've got Direct TV, and there might have been another game one I, I might have missed, but it, I, I was disappointed. Um, that I couldn't see other until you know late at night. Then I saw Washington, Arizona being in the area, but I mean that was it. It really is disheartening that the the things are going the way they are. And I I know it's a little bit of awkward position, so I can't be too critical of the of the Pac-12. But it's disappointing when you turn on the TV and you see all the other big names playing, but yet you have a trouble finding ones that that's close to your heart, especially in the West.
Yeah, amen, Lincoln. I agree. Growing up in Arizona, I couldn't agree more. But nevertheless, I'll be at the game, so I'll be able to see it. <laughs> so, but I know you will. <laughs> just thinking about the folks around the country because it's a premier game. And obviously Great. ABC picks up Oregon and Washington. And watching Oregon on Friday night just absolutely dismantle Colorado. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. just send them to the woodshed. To me, I'm starting to really buy into Colorado, uh, Oregon now. No, no doubt. Well, of course, when you got a quarterback, you have a chance. So that's what we were talking about early in the year. Two premier teams out of this conference, if they're on a collision course for the championship, it's going to make waves. So these are big wins. Um, obviously, if, if uh, Utah is able to take care of business up until that point, and say if Oregon is able to take care of business up to that point, this will be great for the conference. So I'm curious, uh, you're a Washington Husky, yet mm-hmm. you watch Oregon and see how good they are. You know Washington's going to be desperate. If they win this game, they're a game back and they got the tiebreaker. Maybe they could get some help the rest of the year and they could win the division. If Oregon wins this, it feels to Pecan I like it's over. They're two games up on everybody, three up on somebody. They're going to have multiple tiebreakers already on their side in the north. I mean, it's done, isn't it? So what are the odds Washington keeps the race going? Well, we've seen in times of the past, you know, funnier things have happened. Um, and still, Washington is inconsistent with the balance that they have on offense. And it's something that's a little bit concerning to me because when you take on a team like Oregon, you really have to have all cylinders click. We've seen flashes. I've seen flashes of Washington, you know, with the run game. Uh, but the inconsistency at receiver play is really something uh, somewhat limited me. And as well, I mean, uh, made me a little bit more optimistic, not lace optimistic is the words I'm trying to say, uh, about Washington's chances of moving on, but they're going to get a big Oregon team, and this is a big rivalry, as you guys already know, so they'll... I've seen Washington stand up to the challenge, and I've also seen them wet themselves, most notably in the bowl games over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think Oregon has, because they have the balance and they have the momentum, um, I know Washington won last week against Arizona, but they have the momentum following them. I think Oregon's going to be a very tough opponent for Washington to sort of select. Yeah, Oregon has a ton of experience, you know, all across that offensive line. Obviously, Herbert, they really are a bunch of upperclassmen, so they should be doing that. My thought for you, you look at a team like, and even Utah has a lot of seniors, you look at a team like ASU and Washington, which very well both those teams could finish second in their divisions this year, which isn't bad because most of the team, most of the lineup that they're running out, they're underclassmen or certainly not seniors. At what point, though, can you get beyond, well, he's a young player? Because we're halfway through the season are we there or do you still need more time right at this point right at this point that's when you 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 stop making excuses for um the younger players or you know expecting more of the 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 players the the reason why we mentioned earlier that the game saved between arizona state and utah is revealing because we've also seen in the past how utah has had trouble latter part of the year well this is a statement game it's it's a, it's a time when your guys, whether they've been there for a while, your senior leadership is supposed to take over, and you're supposed to find a way to rally to win these games. This is around the time where it comes, it becomes evident. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network and Oakland Raiders analyst, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, at some point, there's a team that catches fire midseason and just takes off, and it's not always a team with a great record. Is there right. anybody right now who's kind of got a mediocre record who you think they ought to look out, everyone in the conference ought to look out for because they're about to catch fire? Uh there's, I mean, again, we'll, we'll find out so much about this conference as a whole this weekend with the matchups. Um, 
I think people, you know, for example, I think people are starting to talk about Washington State because, you know, after, you know, Leach's comments, how are they going to respond? And you saw the way they're playing. Well, now they're 0-3 in the conference. And that's surprising for a lot of people, including myself, because I think that Washington, you know, Wazoo was not going, I didn't think they were going to win the division, but I thought they were more capable, uh, especially in the division. So there are teams where you, you sit there and say, wow, I didn't see that one happening. Um, I didn't see the early success of Cal, but, you know, they still know they had problems on offense, so they were going to struggle, but it, I thought the defense was going to carry them a couple games, and it did. But, you know, have a 4-2 and two record at this point was, was surprising, in my opinion. I didn't think I, I saw that coming. Um, Arizona State is definitely a surprise. Uh, I thought with the youth, even though their defense, especially their secondary being their strength, I thought with the youth as on offense, they were going to struggle more than they did. And I'm really impressed with the fact that they've had you know some senior leadership or some uh, veteran leadership, a lot of guys like Eno you know, Benjamin and stuff like that really step forward and help them you know propel themselves. Um, USC is always dangerous because they've got the they've got the playmakers inconsistent quarterback play and really after watching that Notre Dame game I mean I'd only really recognize the USC team that I'm seeing this year with this pass happy offense because I think they have the talent in running back where they should be able to run the ball better than they do um, but you know they're, they're very pass happy so there's a lot of questions that will be answered for me this weekend. I don't see anybody really separating themselves because if Oregon is as good as they are, they're going to continue going. If Utah is as good as they really are, they're going to continue going. Um, but they have some definite chances, uh, definite big uh, steps to overcome both those teams that we talked about. So the Devils beat Washington State on that last drive, and afterward, Herm Edwards in the locker room, I saw it on Twitter, they put it out there, saying, hey, guys, you're going to give me a heart attack, you know, because all these games <laughs> they play, every one of them is right down to the end. It's, it's yeah. Are they going to make a play at the end or not? And if they do, they win the game. If they don't, they don't. I mean, that's you look at their season this year, they didn't, they didn't make a play against Colorado, they lose. They make the yeah. play against Cal and Michigan State and Washington State, they win. So right. where I wanted to go with this from you, from the former player perspective, that you have is when you look at Herm at any point on the sideline, he is totally under control. Like, hey, guys, I got this. We're good. Let's keep playing. You contrast that to his predecessor, Todd Graham, and he looked like he was going to blow up. <laughs> then you go uh, 100 miles to the south when Rich Rod was down there, and right. it was an earthquake of measuring yeah. about 9-0. Right. How much does that affect the players, the demeanor of the coach doing what Herm does versus what we saw in the two coaches down there in the desert before who looked like they were ready to go nuts the second something went wrong? The true testament of a good coach is if he's able to instill his personality on his team as a whole. That's the way it is. A team is supposed to take on a coach's personality. If it's calm and collective and we're going to see this thing through and, and you know, uh, times of tribulation, then, then that's what's going to happen. If you hit the panic or you hit, you know, you, you, you hit a, um, uh, sort of a, a, just an attack of tirade, then you're going to panic in, in, in game time situations and you're probably not going to, you're not probably not going to succeed more than you fail because, you know, you, you're not th- totally thinking through. So I think the personality of the coaches you're referring to is sort of overcoming their, uh, taking over their team. But it also has to transcend to the quarterback because the quarterback is the most important person out there, right? Um, whether it's, you know, generating that last drive or making those, those conscious decisions. You know, we saw Khalil Tate in the Arizona game against Washington feel pressure and start to struggle when he, when he felt the you know, stress of coming from mind. Things started to fall apart in front of him. You know, conversely, when you watch A-State, they were able to march down the field and get that final drive against Wazoo. That's also the, the quarterback sort of taking on the personality of the coach. So I think it has to be transparent. Um, if the coach's personality comes across the team, they'll play that way in the way the coaches. 
Couldn't agree more. And I think the calm coaches win way more than the hyper totally kinetic agree. coaches. Totally agree. Yeah. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks, and Oakland Raider analysts joining us. Uh, so that said, is uh, are the Raiders about to catch fire? John Gruden, his demeanor on the sideline, tough, the steely eyes. Well, <laughs> Kansas City you know, just funny. looking a little. Vulnerable. They have a camera committed to him every single oh, game, yeah. and I tell John, you know, they're watching you, right? And he knows it. He knows it. There are times he plays up to it because he's really in real life. He's not like that, but there are things, times where he's actually showing out for the camera, and and, and he loves it. Uh, that's things that he, he's definitely big for. But look, the Raiders have got their issues, uh, own issues. I mean, the last game against the Bears, yeah, they they were. The receiving core was completely decimated and depleted, um, and now it's a chance with the two weeks to get everybody healthy. So we'll see if, if they're able to make a run. But going to Green Bay is not easy, so I'm actually glad that Green Bay won that game last night because they don't lose back-to-back games in Lambeau very often. So um, if the Raiders have a chance now, maybe Green Bay is look, overlooking them, possibly, who knows. Um, and then uh, then going to Houston. So we've still got to finish out this long road trip, and the teeth of the schedule is just heating up for the for these guys. So they say that penalties are up in the NFL by two, yeah. and then we saw in the Green Bay-Detroit game two very controversial calls. calls. Uh, emphasis? So what's going on as to why these things are happening? There is an emphasis um, to, 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 to officiate the game, but the problem comes into now is that, you know, with all the speculation and, and conjecture about the, the pass interference rule and the, the replay and how it's going to slow the game down, um, it's becoming blatantly obvious that the, the people and, and, of course, the coaches and team just want you to get it right. And I think what you saw last night with the Monday night game, especially with the illegal hands to the face, is that if you could be seen from camera that his hand was, you know, Trey Flowers' hand was not in the face of the face mask of the offensive tackle, then why can't it be seen by the umpire who's standing right there? And more importantly, when is instant replay, I guess, going to come into view? Because that's going to be the, 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 the conversation that's going to generate this week. When is instant replay come into view for almost every penalty thrown to see whether or not it's, it, it is? Um, there is a case. severe matter uh, as, as it did last night, there's going to be more and more outcry for the refs to get it right. And as a fan, that's all I want. Just get it right. I, it, whether it's pass interference or not, whether it's you know holding or not, just get it right. Don't get it so blatantly wrong when it's a, uh, an obvious uh, you know situation where uh, it can change the outcome of the game. Don't get it so wrong, not once, but twice, and think that we, you can justify it or we can defend you on the other end. As a guy who's blamed a lot of referees for a lot of losses by a lot of San Diego teams, specifically, (laughs) I can tell you the first time I got a pass working at a station in Sacramento and I was on the field for an NFL game, Uh and I'd been on the field for college games, I was blown away by how fast the big sloppy guys were. Not the sleek, but the big sloppy guys in the middle were unbelievably fast. So in a call, actually, even though these calls were wrong, you know, they slow-mo them, and they put a circle on them, and they blow it up right. so you can see it. Well, the refs right. don't get that. And if you're right. down on the field for an NFL game, I'm telling you, defensive tackles, you can look, oh, the 300-pounders, and he eats three steaks, and, and the guy is unbelievably fast. So a little bit of um, forgiveness for the refs because that is actually a hard job. Yeah, but you know what? It, it goes even further than that. I mean, I take it back to the uh, – what was it? The, when the when – the, 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 
me slow down. The Detroit Lions uh, safety and the uh, Green Bay Packer receiver were both going for the ball, but the hit was so it looked so much because of the receiver was down for a while. Mm-hmm. They called it unnecessary roughness, hitting a defenseless receiver. And of course, when you slow it down, you see them both going for the ball. So according to the rule, they both have the opportunity. They yep. both should be entitled yep. to the ball. How is this unnecessary roughness? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And, I'm totally with you. I thought they were just both trying to – one guy was trying to catch the pass, the other's trying to intercept yep. it. And yep. they just happened to arrive at the same space at the same instant, and it was helmet And And that's where, you know, I think they're over-policing the game. Yeah. And I think that's what also has added to the number of penalties that has been called. Yeah. All right, Lincoln, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, guys, have a good one. Appreciate it. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks analyst and Oakland Raider analyst. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dave Southern from the Athletic Boise State beat writer is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Today is Tuesday. Tomorrow is a Win Tickets Wednesday. Listen for your chance to win tickets to Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses bringing their outrageously successful Not In This Lifetime Tour to Vivint Smart Home Arena on Tuesday, October 29th. Get ready to rock as reunited rock icons Axel, Slash, and Duff make their unbelievable return. Set to perform 150-plus shows for over 5 million fans in stadiums, arenas, and as part of festivals worldwide. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. I'm going to go Steve Kerr. That's gun control and roses. I like Cajonas High better. (laughs) Now you have to explain for the new listeners. You brought it up. Jaden Daniels, (laughs) the freshman quarterback at Arizona State, whose final two choices, Kyle talked about this yesterday at the press conference we were at, were Utah and ASU. Mm -hmm. Right. We saw him at the the Utah-USC game last year and... The people who cover this were saying he was I leaning slipped towards, 100. towards Utah. <laughs> said, son. <laughs> you see this I'm handing you? There's dough in the desert. There's more where this came from. You beat SC in Arizona. There's way more. <laughs> <laughs> so PK was saying, because he has shown the ability, we were talking about how if Utah wins, the, well, whoever wins, we'll get to 6-1. and one. Now, if Utah wins, can they win in the style that they've won recently where they've been crushing people? Because if they do, man, everybody will be dreaming big at that point. It'll be no holds barred. Even the few people who are pumping the brakes now will give that up. A little old ladies from Pasadena will be welcome but it, in the It's Utes. more likely it's a close game. Herm Edwards has been at ASU a year and a half, and so through 12 conference games now, they have not lost a conference game by more than seven points. They lost a non-league game by 11 to Fresno State in the bowl game. But they didn't have Nikhil Harry, the best defensive player, also set it out. So it's probably close. And you're pointing out Jaden Daniels has been really good in close games. He took him down the field at the end of Michigan State when they'd done literally nothing all day. And they got a touchdown. They won that game. Won that 10-7? Oh, he's 5-1 in close games. 
<laughs> Didn't they blow out anybody? Come on, they must have blown out somebody. Um, Who'd they play? They have a big Sky game mixed in there? Yeah, and that was it was 12 to 5 with five minutes to go in a game. Oh, they, it was Sac State. Yeah, what's his face? It was 12 uh, 7. Yeah, and they got the late touchdown for 19 7. Yeah. They, they let Kent, Kent State. They let Kent have it 30 to 7. Well, they're so no longer Kent State, just Kent. They dropped the state. Yeah. They did? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So now we have 49 states? Nope. Kent State, Golden Flashes. Somebody else dropped the state. One of the Mac schools dropped the state. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Kent State, Bowling Flash. Uh, Golden Flashes. So. Bowling Flashes? I was thinking Bowling Green. <laughs> I was trying to go through the Mac teams. Who did it now? Someone crossed me up by the Kent losing state, the state Bowling Flashers? Somebody dropped it. I don't know. <laughs> wow. So your point was he's very good in close games. So instead of going to Cajon High, which is what he actually went to, he went to Cajones High. I thought that was clever. He had the late touchdown run to beat Washington State, and they had the late drive to beat Michigan State. And they were down late to Cal. Weren't a- we're not able to come up with the magic against uh, Colorado, and they lost that 34-31. Yeah. So. The dreaded 34-31. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the numbers that resonate here decades later. Always, come- I actually think that game was more about the game – on the schedule rather than the uh, the opponent to a degree, but they were going to lose. They're going to lose close games, and it, it makes sense that they lost one early because they're they're just too young. Now I think they'll lose to Utah in large part not because they're young, but it's Utah's. Lincoln Kennedy, I think, made an excellent point. The senior leadership of this team, they could go another decade and not have the quality of the se- quality and quantity of the senior leadership that the Utes have this year. Which would serve them well in a close game. Certainly. Right. Because now the third best game-winning pressurized drive for Daniels would be the 15-play, 75-yard drive, and they score with 441 left to take the lead over Cal. The Michigan State drive was later than that, and the game-winning touchdown this past week was with like 35, 40 seconds to go. Yeah. So, But that's three times now they've retaken the lead and won in the final five minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. So impressive stuff there out of a f- true freshman quarterback. For sure, yeah. And I think if you're a Ute, you already look at him thinking, man, I hope he goes to the NFL after three years. Me too. Because <laughs> it means you had two and a half really good seasons yeah. from here. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.